0: I welcome
1: to, welcome to the Dirty sports
2: podcast
3: welcome to the Dirty sports podcast I'm your host Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, pray no. Hello, Andy. Morning.
2: Morning. How goes it? Oh, you know, hanging in there. It's a little rainy out here in uh, LA today. Been a rainy season.
3: Well, 70 degrees and sunny in the beautiful. State of Ohio, Joe. Quality that, uh, of life.
2: That that chemical blowing through the cr- clouds is keeping all the uh, hot air in there. Yes. Quality of life. Yes. You're poisoned everything.
3: Thanks for reminding me. I don't know. I don't know if this is healthy. This drinking water that
2: I have right here. Um. If it looks like an oil spill, no. But don't worry, Andy. Politicians were just there yesterday drinking the water. It's all fine. You're coming out hot with some some serious topics, Joe now, I mean, th- this guy tried to drop a quality of life on me when he's got 1930s chemical train derailments going on in this state. I love how you took it seriously.
3: You know, what can I do? I, I don't know. I hope the water's healthy. Nothing I can do. I hope that uh, I'm not going to get cancer from it. But, you know, I'll get cancer from something. Sure. At some point very very morbid way to look at life but something's going to get you right?
2: Yeah. The cancer, it'll get you.
3: It's funny, you've paid more attention to the water situation than I have and I live here.
2: Yeah. But I mean, it's pretty it, it, that's pretty hairy uh I don't even know how close that is to you, but It's it's
3: it's like the other side. So it's eastern side of Ohio near Pennsylvania. Got it. So it's not the closest, but I guess how the river travels the Ohio River, you know, it's it's a cause for concern, but it's nobody seems concerned. Nobody yeah. seems too concerned here. You know. We got we got a lot of other things to worry about. Like today is National Chili Day. This is where the priorities are at for the Cincinnatians. Celebrate are you chili.
2: are you still uh are you still a gold star employee? Or is that just a, just a football season?
3: No, I I am going to do. I just retweeted something. Uh I'm I'm doing more work, so I am I am basically. Uh, I don't know if I can announce this. I, I'm I'm with them kind of as as a whole thing now. So Andy Ruther is making some things happen, and and then well uh, then I
2: will not do a long riff on national chili day
3: no you should you still should (laughs) hey hey this is look doesn't mean we still can't laugh about stuff yeah do it do a long riff on national chili
2: day i mean i just hope that the majority of people that are celebrating national chili day do not have spaghetti involved (laughs) i just hope people are doing chili
3: Hey, Preno, look, to each their own. I, I'm not – I'm not anything you say just because I'm working for Gold Star, it doesn't bother me,
2: right? Oh, I'm just – listen. To me, it has, it has nothing – I'm not – I am not worried about offending you at all. Just, you know, I, I don't mess with a man's money.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it's not going to affect my
2: money. I, I, don't, I don't mess with a man's money.
3: I, I appreciate that. The people at Gold Star are good. And, and I'll just say this now that we're discussing it. Their star quarterback is not a fan of any Cincinnati Chili. He is on record. Joe Burrow is on record being like, eh, not my thing. Don't don't yeah. like this whole thing. So look, it is what it is. And obviously they have a, a, a chilly sponsor with Gold Star, but I, I can already see you thinking, hmm, another reason why Joe Burrow is good. He's not yeah, a fan yeah. of this. It, it, I was seeing the wheels it,
2: spinning it, there. It gives me it gives me good long term hope for him. You know? <laughs> He's like, Oh, I'm gonna take less money. And so I can pay my weapons. I don't eat the chili on the spaghetti here, you know. He's got a bright future. Got a bright future.
3: Will he take less money? Is a is up for debate.
2: Oh sure, for sure. Like
3: letting letting the dog out. Yeah, I wouldn't be too optimistic if I'm a Bengals fan that he will take less money. I did. I did have a. Now that you brought it up, and I'll just say it real quick. I did have a conversation with with some diehard Bengals fans the other day as far as T. Higgins goes. okay. And I'll ask you. I actually thought I was like, I wonder what Prano would say about this. I said if the Bengals could get a first and second round
2: pick for T. Higgins, would you do it? I said I would. Well, the market says that you absolutely should, right? I mean, yeah. I, it it would depend on where, I guess – the quality you know if you're talking talking about this draft um it would depend on i guess the quality of the first round and the second round pick based on the team you know like in the nba now a late first round pick is basically a second round pick but in the nfl an early second round pick is basically a first round pick so yeah if you were means god if you could get like a 10 and a 40th or something like that you know you you would absolutely do it and that's no shot at t higgins like i would take t higgins in a heartbeat as a giants fan uh but you also can't pay everybody
3: exactly it's a financial issue which then leads me to asking about your quarterback situation what do you make of these reports daniel jones wants 45 million a year do we trust these reports well
2: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gif I put up yesterday from fucking from fucking Tombstone. Well, bye. Uh I mean the reports I, I think reports are always, you know, did he get a new agent because his last agent thinks he deserves 45 million or did he get a new agent because his last agent doesn't think he deserves 45 million and he wants somebody who does? Like I think that he changed agents. That's certainly telling the reports are he changed agents because he thinks he deserves more money than I guess what was being offered to him. Um, I don't necessarily know if that's true. I'll say this. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I like Daniel Jones. I want Daniel Jones. Let's sign Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones cannot recognize that he's had one, you know, good quality above average quality yeah. year, um, in the first year of the, an offensive minded coach who turned Josh Allen into the guy everybody said was going to win MVP this year. Well, listen, if you want 45 million, I, if, if I was giants ownership and I'm not, but I may have sent a text message about it. Uh, I would franchise him this year, and that's already kind of to be totally honest with you paying more than I would like to, but of course it's not hampering you with multi year deal and then you can see what Daniel Jones does in year two, where maybe you get him a wide receiver, and the you know offensive line maybe improves a little bit and the defense improves a little bit and all the things that you think will come with the second year of Dable to me they probably should have picked up his uh option last year and that, that we wouldn't be having this conversation but the fact that they didn't kind of leaves you with listen unless you're signing and I and to be totally honest I thought the 30 million dollar range was Already too high, but now we have a Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, like quarterback market that's been set. That being said, I just don't think it's reasonable for the GM of every football team in the NFL to say, whenever our quarterback comes up for his deal, if we want to keep him, he has to be a top five paid quarterback. That seems insane to me. I agree. And there's this, and there's a huge Um, financial gap in the NFL that goes from like the bottom of Ryan Tannehill or whatever to basically no one else gets paid you know like we have a situation where there is like in America really no middle class you know Um, so we need to somebody either needs to reset that or somebody needs to be a team like the Giants did uh, can't have an opportunity to be to say Well, we're not going to do it. Um, If you're not going to reset that, then we're not going to do it. And, you know, it's so funny because I took so many shots at Kirk Cousins. And uh, most of them are because his finances do not fit what they're expecting him to do. If the Giants were to franchise Daniel Jones, it would be a potentially similar situation to what happened with. Kirk Cousins in Washington where it's like prove it prove it prove it and he didn't prove it to the you know lengths that Washington thought so then they let him move on a team overpaid him and he's I mean by all factual um measures made them worse yeah so I like Daniel Jones. I want Daniel Jones. Uh, I think the number that Daniel Jones should accept is still higher than what I would like to pay Daniel Jones, but I understand that this is where we are financially. $45 million? Well, bye.
3: Yeah, I agree. Come on. Or you just franchise him. And the that's Kirk Cousins
2: <laughs> probably what will happen. Um, And you get yourself in a situation where you then— I kind of have a guy on a prove-me deal again. But the bottom line is, I just think that, and I'm hoping this is the thing with the agent, is I think whoever's telling Daniel Jones he deserves $45 million is doing him a disservice. Because you could be out of the league in three years, dude. If, if If Daniel Jones reverts to who he was before this year, or if Daniel Jones shreds a knee because they run him, because they need to because they don't have receivers or a defense cuz they paid Daniel Jones 45 million then he'll be out of league in 3 years whereas hey we're building something here the number one sign that you should see that we're building something is suddenly you're fucking better suddenly we're a playoff team yeah you want 45 million for the next 3 years and you make $135 million? Or do you want $29 million for the next 10 years where you make double that? Yeah.
3: Well, it, it, here's the thing about all this. The Brady method, obviously he was on a next-level team as far as a coaching staff Organization who knew how to surround him with the right parts. But that model, it's surprising to me that more quarterbacks don't want to at least emulate that model for themselves. Like you're saying, well, look, you got one playoff win. If the Giants can add to the defense, if they can find a way to keep Saquon Barkley, you're going to get more playoff wins, which equals more money in the long run, man.
2: And I get it. Listen, if I'm Daniel Jones, there's some part of me that's like, maybe I'm not fucking that good. And maybe I'm going to be in the league three years no matter what. And maybe I should get my $135 million and get the fuck out of here. But the thing is, is when you look at what Daniel Jones, even though he showed absolutely, in my opinion, showed that he was capable even in those down years where they weren't protecting him or whatever, you still, the the, the bottom line in the NFL is you have to win a Super Bowl. It's a Super Bowl, About you cannot make a decision that you don't think helps you win a Super Bowl. And so if Dable and the Giants and the GM and the ownership say, we saw it in Daniel Jones this year, we think we can win a Super Bowl with him. You still have to build the finances around yeah, that. For sure. He's not Patrick Mahomes. You can't win a Super Bowl with just him. Yeah. Yeah. You need other stuff around him. You're going to need to get him weapons. And so you really just come to that point where even if you believe, I I mean, I just do not believe that he is a generational talent that the future can be mortgaged on and we'll figure it out. And that doesn't mean I don't think we can win a Super Bowl with him. I do think we can win a Super Bowl with him, actually. But at the same time is... You you just have to come to at it with a with you know common sense. I think the New York Giants can win the F- Super Bowl with Daniel Jones. I do not think the New York Giants can win the Super Bowl with Daniel Jones if he costs forty five million.
3: Yeah, it's, it's pretty plain and simple. Did you see you alerted alluded to Kirk Cousins? Did you see
2: this net new Netflix series? I did. I saw I saw the tweet or whatever about the announcement of it?
3: So there's going to be a new Netflix series called Quarterback. And uh, it's going to feature your boy, Kirk Cousins, along with Patrick Mahomes, Marcus Mariota. This year, the series will give, according to the tweet, unprecedented access to all three of those quarterbacks from the beginning of the 2022 season to its conclusion, following them on and off the field, inside the huddle with teammates, and also inside their homes with their families. So, you boy. Cousins, you might get... Now, here's the the thing. Very... Like, it's a diverse group you have here, right? You get Mariota, who's...
2: kind of diverse i mean diverse diverse i guess diverse if you were hollywood diverse well well i'm saying diverse
3: as far as oh yeah i'm not looking at like racially diverse i feel like it's diverse you have the best quarterback in the league you have the guy who doesn't swear who can't win when it matters come playoff time or prime time. And then you got the guy who's struggling to make it in the league. He's starting again in Marcus Mariota. Don't yeah. you think like that's, they're all coming from such different backgrounds where they're absolutely.
2: Football and I, th- I think they're diverse and they're standing in the league. No doubt about it. I think they are diverse. If you look at it like racially um, where they're not diverse is they all seem like fucking boring guys, right? Yeah, Like they all seem like kind of boring Like, I don't know, you know, Marcus Mariota, everything I know about Marcus Mariota, which isn't a lot. Also, like, are are they all Jesus guys? Yeah, I was gonna say they're all Jesus
3: guys. I feel like, or no, I don't know. I think Mariota is. I feel like that's the through line. I I was thinking to you when I saw that Cousins was going to be in it. I'm like, Joe's going to really dislike Cousins more. Depending on what kind of access they actually
2: give us. But but there's – so the thing about Kirk Cousins in terms of my dislike of him is really comes from – and I can say this about Michael Jordan, Donald Trump, Taylor Swift, fucking whoever, like the fans. fans. Yeah. Kirk Cousins – The defenders. I'm I'm completely indifferent to Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, as I should be, because – he's mediocre. The only opinion I've ever had about Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins isn't good enough to win you a Super Bowl. He's certainly not good enough to win you a Super Bowl. Like I just said about Daniel Jones, if you overpay him, that's it. And I have put that opinion out there the same way I just put it out there about Daniel Jones. And the same thing that I would – I would have the same exact reaction if giant slurpers came into my mentions and started saying, Dale Jones, he took us to the playoffs last year with nobody. He had no help. Good. And if we pay him $45 million, we'll win nothing. Yeah. So the thing about Kirk Cousins is he's – now this is also going to – upset some people I had we had we had a an angry um Dallas Mavericks fan in our mentions on Twitter he then took it over to my Instagram um he's a Detroit based Dallas Mavericks fan uh he's very upset uh about my uh, opinions on Kyrie Irving which again I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't give a single fuck if you get vaccinated. I don't care at all if you're vaccinated. Now, at the same time, I think if you don't get vaccinated, you are a shitty sports teammate. I think you're selfish and I think you're shitty. I think you're letting your teammates down. I think you're, 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 especially in the last few years, causing a distraction, causing yourself to miss games, and a potentially causing spread in the locker room. That's fine. You do whatever the fuck you want. I also think Kirk Cousins and Kyrie Irving are shitheads. Now, I know Kyrie Irving is a dope, contrarian, flat earther, anti Semit, He's got his own things. And I also know Kirk Cousins' dad is a fucking runs a super church out of a former BJ's in the fucking wherever because he's a Jesus freak dork loser. Now, those are two wildly different things. But like, I don't like Kirk Cousins because of his stands and because of his dumb personality. As a quarterback, cool. I think about him the exact same way I think about fucking... Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr and who the fuck ever else. I don't give a shit.
3: So Derek Carr, funny you say that, is obviously one of the hot discussions for the Gi-
2: for them, sorry, the Jets. And the Giants if uh, Daniel Jones is moving on. So I'll just... I saw I saw a stat, and I don't have
3: it handy. I saw a stat as far as how bad the defenses have been under Derek Carr's tenure with the Raiders. They're pretty bad, which then makes me pose this question. Okay, he's played under some historically bad defenses for about a decade. The Jets have a really good defense. They have a defensive-minded head coach. They also have some nice young weapons at running back, at receiver. Do the Jets make the playoffs if Derek Carr is their quarterback? Next year.
2: Uh, So. You see, you're already hesitating, which that says a lot to me. Because Derek Carr has uh, revoked. uh, He has said he will not be getting rid of his no trade clause and therefore will be a free agent. Right? Correct. So we, here we are. Same thing. What are they paying him? Okay. The Jets have a nice young team. When you have a nice young team, you can take the base that you have of youth. You can add veteran leadership, maybe in the form of a quarterback, maybe in the form of a receiver, maybe in the form of a defensive captain, maybe in the form. Who knows? Offensive line help. I don't know. Like what? wherever their fucking holes are. You have to add it. Obviously, they have a whole quarterback. So they're looking. They're not looking to draft another quarterback. They think that they're ready right now. Right? So they might add a veteran quarterback. Should the Jets give Derek Carr $45 million a year? No, they shouldn't. But if Derek Carr says, I want to win a playoff game, I will take a reasonable deal with the Jets for the next three years or two years. And therefore, that they can sign other guys to help out as well, then yeah, I think the Jets make the playoffs with Derek Carr. And the bottom line about Derek Carr versus uh, what I just said—Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins—all this is—it's exactly the same. You're you're getting that middle of the thing. My my issue with Derek Carr versus Kirk Cousins is everyone feels or screams loudly that somehow Kirk cousins has been let down by the Vikings team. That was in the NFC championship game right before he got there. And they threw the coach under the bus and they threw the offensive line under the bus and they threw the defense under the bus. And Derek Carr has had how many goddamn different coaches, how many different wide receivers, how many different offensive coordinators, And everybody's like, Derek, you're never winning with Derek Carr. Who's never winning with Derek Carr? The Oakland Raiders, the LA Raiders, the Gruden Raiders, the McDaniel Raiders. Who? Who's not winning with Derek Carr? We don't know. Derek Carr, underrated. Kirk Cousins, overrated. Meanwhile, right in the same fucking class of quarterback.
3: So gun to your head, Derek Carr over Kirk
2: Cousins. Yes, no hesitation. You know why? Because you just showed up there, and again, this we're doing the mystery box thing again. We've see, we see it's all over social media now. Some guy comes up to you on the street. He says, "Andy Ruther, I've got a Honda Accord for all free."
3: Quality car right there
2: for the record. Quality car. You can have a Honda Accord. Good gas mileage. This is a free Honda Accord. It's a 2016 Honda Accord for free. And now in this box that is the same size as a car, we have a car. Not going to tell you what kind. Not going to tell you what year. It could be a jalopy. It could be a Ferrari. What do you want? I'm taking the Accord. And that's fine. Me, is the Honda Accord going to change my life? Probably not. But if maybe there's a Ferrari under there. <laughs> See, that's where we're at. I-, I am like. We all know what Kirk Cousins gives you. I don't believe we know what their Carr gives you. With any sort of stability, any sort of good defense, any sort of reasonable coach, Derek Carr got MVP votes, man. So you take the mystery box. A mystery box car over a Honda Accord from 2016? What am I doing with it? Driving it for a couple of years back no, and I forth, to it's, a good, it's a, tw- a good commuter car. Maybe I could sell it. Maybe 20, I could send it to Carvana and get myself six grand. A 2016, pending on the mileage, Accord. That thing's gonna last. It's got 110,000 miles because it's been in the league eleven years. Okay, when well, see now you've ten thousand miles a you, year. You eleven years. You've changed <laughs> it now.
3: Because in my head I'm thinking, oh, thirty thousand miles, forty thousand miles on a 2016 Honda Accord. Well, Joe, as you know, I'm in full dad mode, so I'm trying to think that way.
2: I know. Which? You you got your dad. I sent you your dad kicks. Oh, my God. Sent you some air monarchs? Prano with the
3: ultimate troll job, which was pretty hilarious. Like, I was shocked when those. Because I don't order anything from Amazon.
2: So, like, I don't order anything. It's a wild statement just right there. I don't order much. And those showed up Meanwhile, Amazon sent me a picture of a delivery multiple boxes in the picture hilarious so, so these
3: showed up yesterday the uh
2: the Air Air monarchs. monarchs
3: the official dad shoes
2: yeah it's either that or or new balance i I you know I've always been a Nike guy i you know I don't see you rocking a lot of new balance i thought I thought the monarchs seemed like a better. And honestly, they look—they they look perfect on you. They—they they, they couldn't be. I mean, they're so so suitable, even especially with that outfit. Looks like you're gonna go drop off too chill at a at a girls' basketball game, stand on the sideline with your arms folded. So they're wide, dude. The, yeah, the, the Air Monarchs are wide.
3: But I see what people are saying about support. I will. I'm, dude. I'm not gonna lie. These will be worn. Now I've been told from Brittany, those stay yard work. No, 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 no. no. These, w- like you said in the in the hilarious note,
2: these will be worn on trips to Costco. They should be used for all kinds of dad things. You yeah. Know? Anytime you're, anytime you're really, really dadding, when you're leaning into, I'm not talking about you know. You're taking the kid over to your brother's for Sunday. No. But baby's first uh, playground trip. Like, you know, anything where we're taking pictures of Andy dadding, we need him in some dad shoes. Working the grill. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at this first. I mean, with some
3: cargo shorts, Andy. Oh, yeah. Look at Roscoe. I mean, this is like this is this might be our first. This might be my first music album the cover of me trying to be the cool dad lying down with Roscoe. What gave you that idea? Was it us discussing shoes the other day?
2: No, I, I pushed you into that shoe conversation cause I already had the idea. That's why I, that's oh. how I, that, that shoe conversation was how I got your size. Well done. And then I messaged your brother to get your address, but he didn't get back to me. So then what I had to do is I had to go on Google photos and use my my geo to find your address from when I took a picture at your place. Wow.
3: Which brother do you message?
2: Uh, the only one on Twitter, Mark. Mark didn't respond classic. No. Did he ever respond? No, but I also then wrote back. I figured it out. And he still I didn't said, respond. I said, never mind. I got it.
3: He didn't respond.
2: No. Oh,
3: unbelievable. So this was a whole concocted plan that you had.
2: Yeah, I was like, well, you know, it was like you had a kid. I was like, I got to send him something, and then I was like, well, I got to send him some dad shoes. Dude, these are hilarious. And you so, were just talking, you know, you were you were talking about, oh, you got you got a, this and you got that, and I know I know your footwear styles. I was like, Andy didn't go out and pick him out, pick himself up some dad shoes. He needs some.
3: Well, I saw again. I don't even mess with it. She gets so much Amazon shit that I just – I literally just pull the the bags or the boxes in and just put it somewhere in the house because I'm just – like the Amazon ordering is is what I think is out of control. Yeah. Like I always make jokes with my neighbor across the street. Same thing about his wife. Actually, the Amazon guys love me because every time I'm around or if I'm outside and they come, I'm like, more shit she ordered and they just laugh. Anyway, I saw my name on it. But I didn't see it right away, if that makes sense. Like, I grabbed boxes in. It was sitting there for I don't know how long. And then I was like, Andy Ruther? And then I thought, oh, okay. More baby stuff. Not to knock the baby stuff, but, like, the thing I've learned is I don't get get joy off, like, a baby outfit. Or something for, like, and now then I get in trouble with her because I don't have joy off, like, Oh, you don't you don't care about that that new little contraption for the bit? I'm like, not really. Like that doesn't move me. So I just assumed it was that. And then I opened the box and I saw a pair of Nike shoes. And then I loosely saw on the note, no chill. And I was like, bruno. And then I was all giddy and I ran into the living room with it and opened it up and we both just legit were laughing out loud.
2: That's hilarious.
3: Well played.
2: Yeah. Very happy, well. Played. Happy dadding, bro.
3: Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. And uh, the same thing happened with Miller Lite. So we were in the hospital last week. We were there for five days. And I guess Miller Lite delivered to both you and I two cases of beer. And my neighbor was helping me put stuff in the garage if anything came. And it just sat in the garage. So I didn't realize that Miller Lite sent anything until a couple days ago. And to my surprise, two cases of beer. Talk about a great welcome for being a new dad, right?
2: Yeah, and I was super excited. You know, I was out of town, and I got a message: you have a you have something from Miller Light. It's really heavy. Now, here's the thing: I like getting Miller Light merch. I'm rocking the sweatshirt right now. You're rocking yeah. the shirt. And I was like, oh, because sometimes they go big ticket item and yeah. it's killer. Like the refrigerator, the neon sign. I was like, oh, boy. And then other times I'm like, I live in an apartment in Los Angeles. What am I doing with a fire pit? <laughs> yeah. Reroute that to my brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, no, here we go. They've sent me, you know. Uh, you know, a lawnmower or something like that. And I'm like, what am I going to do with a lawnmower? So, because w- when I heard it was heavy, I was like, it's probably not merch. So I was like, open it up. And my girlfriend was like, two cases of Miller Lite. I was like, finger guns, double yeah. score. Let's go. I got home. I was like, let's load the fridge. Nothing makes me happier, by the way, than when I just get a... Forty-eight pack of Miller Lite, and I got six, five or six of them left in the fridge, just to put the bottom row of your refrigerator. Fifty plus Miller Lights. I was like, I I looked at my girlfriend. I was like, Hey, get this fucking celery and this fucking carrots and this chicken broth the fuck out of here. We ain't got room for no goddamn oat milk. It's Miller time, baby.
3: Yeah. No, I feel you, man. I know. I, I texted my brother because he helps me out with a lot of stuff, and that's his go-to. I was like, "Well, you're covered for a while. We just got two cases of beer. Miller Lite, great taste, ninety-six calories. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash Dirty Sports to find delivery options near you, or you can pick up some, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time." Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Well, Joe, we have some calls today for both baseball and basketball. Love to hear it. Love
2: to hear it. There's something hit me the other
3: day when I was working on the rundown. And you don't have to say anyone off the top of your head as far as define somebody we always discuss the goat in basketball we always say one or two and it's lebron and jordan and blah 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 how many times are we going to do this because we're not going to change people's mind you know you did something on twitter we still will talk about it because we just will and i was engaging myself on insanely just demented Jordan stands who don't want to ever change, even when you give them facts. Anyway, who would you put at number three? I was thinking, who would Prano let's, let's get the first two out of the way. Would you even have a third or would you say, Hey, maybe it's this guy. Maybe it's this guy. Like if you're talking all time, great. Who does Joe Prano put it?
2: I'm three? not really. So I'm not really huge on the top 10 or the top okay. 15 or and and that's not necessarily true. Like, I could I could probably rattle off you know with with thirty seconds of forethought my top ten NBA players of all time if I really had to break it down. But, um, so to to me, it's always been like there's the goat. There's whoever that is for me it was Jordan before it was LeBron. Now it's LeBron. Um and then there's everybody else. To me that's how I look at it. But I also think you you'll hear me say, "Oh, Co- Kobe's top 15 of all time." That doesn't mean I've thought about him being 12th or 13th or whatever. It's just like that's the ballpark to me that this guy lives in. He's top 5, he's top 10, he's top 15, he's top 20, he's top 25, he's top 50, you know, and then after that, really what are we doing here? But if you held a gun to my head and you said who's the third best basketball player of all time? It's hard for me not to say Kareem. Because he's got the titles. He's got MVPs. He's got a couple of Finals MVPs. He had the scoring record. He dominated the league you know thoroughly in an era the, the the way the reason I do the reason I do LeBron is LeBron has dominated the NBA in a way that no one did before him or or like that no one did. There was there was a you know, there's a Jordan LeBron gap and there's probably going to be a LeBron someone gap, you know. Oh, Giannis. Oh, Jokic. Oh, this. Oh, that. These guys winning all that stuff like LeBron dominated the league. And and listen, Tim Duncan's kind of hidden in that thing there. Now, he's yeah. there's a whole thing with teams and whatever, but LeBron dominated the league in a way that Jordan dominated the league. And he's my goat because the league is the best it's ever been. That's why he's my goat. And 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 that is the argument. That's the trouble I have. I'm don't worry, I'm coming back to cream here. That's the trouble I have with people. Is when you talk to people about basketball, it's well the accolades, well Bill Russell's accolades, is, well but then scoring title and then this and then, the, the steals, who had defensive players of the year? How many top seventy-five players did they play with? How many playoff wins? Did, I don't care. That's like that's Jordan, goat people. My goat is. And this is the basis for it. And that's why I leave the door open that someday somebody might do it. I want a guy who absolutely dominated the league in a way that was generational, a generational domination of the league. When the league was the best it's ever been. Yeah. LeBron James, generational dominator of basketball today. Next generational dominator of basketball before that. Michael Jordan, he's my two. You go before that, Bird Magic. You have this Bird Magic rivalry, which is the only reason the modern-day NBA exists. In my opinion, if you had to have a Mount Rushmore of the NBA, you would need one spot that is half Bird's face and half Magic's face, in my opinion. Okay, That being said, neither of them generational domination of the league. Before them, Kareem, generational domination of the league. He's my three. Yeah. Because Bill Russell, generational domination of a league prior to that, 11 championships in 12 tries, 11 championships in 13 years, wins his first year in the league, wins his last year in the league, five MVPs, the NBA MVP award named, uh, finals MVP award named after him. Generational domination of the league. He comes in the league. The Celtics start winning. He wins five MVPs during that run. He's clearly the guy. Then the the finals MVP is named after him. He leaves. They don't win again until, you know, 74 or something like that. But to me, Kareem is better than Russell because he did it when the league was better.
3: Yeah, there was eight teams when Bill Russell played.
2: Which is fine. You can only dominate who you can dominate. Sure, for sure. But th- therein lies my thing. Generational domination of the league. And the order in which I rank them are the order in which they existed. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the whole issue with the goat. Like, the goat debate is simple. Like, to me, Jordan is better than Kareem. And Kareem is better than Russell. And Jordan is better than Russell for that reason and that reason alone. And it's why when we talk about this, the, the truth is guys, and this is going to be more Jordan LeBron again, but it is a justification for why I have Kareem over Russell. Um, no one on earth thinks the nineties basketball or eighties, nineties basketball is better than today. No one on earth. It's a lie. It's a big fucking lie. It's a complete lie. People are lying to your face. They're lying. And if they're, and if they're not personally lying, it's because somebody lied to them. It's, that, that argument only exists because everybody with common sense should do it the exact same way I do it. The best era, the be, uh, generational domination and the best era means you're better than the last guy. Yeah. But they don't do that because then uh, LeBron's ahead of Jordan. So then they start talking about accolades. And then if you talk about accolades, it's like, well, how is Russell not better than Jordan? Well, the league was different. And so suddenly they've painted themselves into a corner where his era is better than Russell's, but it's worse than LeBron's. So they have to create this thing where the 90s was some basketball epic. It's uh, I'm a Knicks fan. It's a, it's absolute ludicrous n- nonsense. There's no, there's no part of me as a Knicks fan that thinks that Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley Knicks wouldn't get their asses absolutely fucked Fucking butt fucked by the 2017 Warriors. They'd get fucking dominated. They'd get destroyed. They'd lose every game by 60 points. It wouldn't be close. It'd be a fucking massacre.
3: But hand checking, hand checking, but
2: hand checking. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant's like, Are your hands on me? Like, how's the <laughs> weather down there?
3: Yeah. It, the,
2: the bottom line is to me, that's how I do it. Generational. Now, we get to the point where you can't go back any further or you can't have generational domination, right? So Shaq wasn't generationally dominant. He His, his window was small. That's partially on him. That's partially on the bridge from Michael to LeBron. Kobe, we know, wasn't. Tim Duncan, dominant, but like low-key dominant yeah. and also – Unfortunately, ran into the LeBron buzzsaw. You know, not didn't dominate the league with the consistency on an individual level that LeBron did. Now, that being said, that's kind of why Tim Duncan's sneaky in my like mid top 10. He's sneaky like f- fifth, sixth, seventh best player of all time.
3: Yeah, he's great.
2: Because he's got the rings, he's got the defense, he's got the MVPs, he beat the generational dominant player in the finals. Now his team was better, but he did it twice. It's kind of, but you can't say, well, my top 10 are all generationally dominant guys in order because we don't have that many generations of basketball at this point. We essentially go Russell Wilt, Kareem. We have the mini bird magic. We've got Jordan. We've got the mini Duncan Shaq. We've got LeBron. That's the history of basketball domination.
3: Yeah. No, for sure. And
2: and by the way, look at what I just said. Wilt Russell, that's two. Kareem, three. Michael. Shaq. Duncan. LeBron. That's seven of your top ten players right there. Of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And your next did I say bird magic in there? I did,
3: right?: I think so. Your next uh, generational talent. Mac World star McClung.
2: right. But you know, somebody said to me, "Oh, so if Giannis is able to accomplish what LeBron did, then he would be because he's and I'm like, well, first of all, they're essentially the same era, right? There're they're a lot of crossover to their eras. But yes, absolutely fucking positively. If Giannis wins three more titles, three more finals MVPs, breaks the all-time scoring record, and wins two more league MVPs, yes, he passes LeBron James. He absolutely does. Sure. If The the game keeps progressing. All Giannis needs to do is to win 300% more of his titles, 300% more of his finals MVPs. He has to have 400% more League MVPs, or double? Maybe does he have two? Yeah, double his league MVPs, and he has to break the all-time scoring record, and also ten final appearances would be good too. But if he does that, absolutely against this competition, no doubt about it. Jokic is Jokic. Can we can Jokic win a title first? Can he make it to the finals? <laughs> yeah,
3: Let's start there. So I got a call about my NBA fandom. I got an actual invite. I'm going to play.
1: Hey, guys. It's uh, Preston in Indiana Dirt Bowl. And um, first off, Andy, I want to congratulate you. I think you're going to make a great dad. Uh, Excited for you. And I know you'll do great. Um, Anyway, I wanted to talk your lack of interest in the NBA. And I know I'm, I'm playing it tongue-in-cheek. I know you care about the NBA. You need a team to root for. I think that's your problem. You need somebody. And I would like to extend an open invitation for you to join the Pacers fan base. We are deeply loyal. We love our basketball. I, I know fans that would die for Reggie Miller. Um, and one guy you guys haven't talked a lot about. Tyrese Halliburton. I am telling you guys he's going to be a top three point guard in the league within the next five years. He's so fucking good. I just want to open the arms of invitation, and it's not open long because the Pacers are going to be good in a couple years with a couple draft draft picks, Benedict Mathurin. They're going to be good. I'm marking it down, and I want you to be a part of it, Andy. Curious what you guys think.
3: And uh, you guys stay dirty, and good
2: luck, Andy. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, Indianapolis, is that the closest NBA team to you by a long shot? It's closer than Cleveland. It's closer than Chicago. It is by a long shot. Okay. But here's the thing. How far are you from Indianapolis?
3: A couple hours tops, two hours tops. Here's the thing. I st- you know who I you st- you're probably gonna know this who do you think I pay attention to still the most Lakers like not even close yeah
2: like I lived in L. A. for all those years you were also I, and we've talked about this before you were a straight up Laker you were a Kobe Laker fan back I was in the day you 100%. had a Lakers flag on the wall you had like you would root for them like I would say that your embrace. When I first got to know you, you're the only team to me. You you were a Bengals fan, you were a Reds fan. Obviously, they didn't have a since I didn't have a basketball team. You were a Xavier fan, and you were a Laker fan,
3: hundred percent. Like like not even close. So I know I've said this when I lived in Las Vegas for two years. You get I don't know if it still does that, but I got Dodgers Lakers. So I started, I started following the Lakers before I was even in L.A. And I, I drank the Kool-Aid, man. Kobe got his 81 points against the Raptors when I was in Vegas. And I, I distinctly remember going to work the next day, and we're all talking about Kobe because everybody in Vegas was Lakers and Kobe. right? They just come off those three titles with Shaq and Kobe. Everybody's talking about it. I was geeked. I would watch Laker games. And then I moved to L.A., and that's right when Kobe was wanting to be traded, and he was demanding to go to the Bulls. And I just remember, I vividly remember that summer being like, "No, man, they can't lose Kobe." And oh, this will suck. I live here now, and I would suck if the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was Lakers, and and then I basically I didn't really. They they went through a downturn but I still watched – I mean, it's it's not even close. In my life, it's not even close. Like, Laker games, guy on couch was a big Laker guy. We'd always – we'd go to the bar, watch Lakers, and obviously they got LeBron. So still, I mean, even still, I watch the Lakers. I pay attention to the Lakers more than anybody. I root for the Lakers more than anybody. That might be the one where I haven't really swayed. Now, I'm not diehard. Right. But, like, it's always been the Lakers – And by
2: the way, I take personal offense to the shot that we didn't talk about Tyrese Halliburton enough. I was up in arms when they traded, when the Kings traded him. You can go back on this podcast. I was like, what the fuck are the Kings doing? Now, the Kings are looking okay right now, but it's like, and I don't know the direct correlation, but to me, it was still absurd. Tyrese Halliburton, no doubt about it. I don't know about top three point guard in the NBA, but he's a great player and he has a high ceiling above him. Um, I was up in arms when the Kings traded him and, and called them out for seemingly having no idea what the fuck they were doing. Um, Now, listen, there's a lot to be, we can, I actually know we have a number of Kings fans that are fans of the show and we could talk about it. Like I'm not a Kings believer right now. We've seen, we've seen this before. We've seen teams, uh, you know, Hoist themselves into the a top two, top three, you know, uh, position. Have a nice year, and then disappear from that just as quickly. Um, I am a Tyrese Halliburton fan. I'm I'm offended at the at the suggestion that we are not giving Tyrese Halliburton his due credit. We haven't been talking basketball at all. Andy Ruther's got a chokehold on the NFL. Have a chokehold on the show. Now that being said, uh, I think. Andy Ruther, the Lakers fan, is like, I think you should hold on to that. I think that's a good thing. That that can be a part of your return visits to L.A. You know, it can be something you could pass on to your daughter. She, you know, purple's a girl's color. You could you rock that. What's so funny about the Lakers is when I was a kid uh, and I first got into basketball, again, pre, this is, you know, essentially pre-Jordan like world domination. Um I was a Lakers fan. The Knicks in the 80s were fucking boring and shitty. Michael was just coming up with the Bulls and I was like, well, I'm not going to root for I'm not going to pick some other Eastern Conference team and I did. I I liked the Bulls too and I liked Jordan cuz when you're a young kid watching basketball like whatever i have all i had all the jordan coca cola unc cards i had a pair of jordan one i've had one, one pair of jordans in my life the jordan 6s like i liked michael jordan but i was always like you know what magic johnson showtime lakers as much as i liked larry bird i was always like man it's just a way more fun team yeah and then i i liked kareem I liked Magic. I loved I I loved Shaq and I especially loved Shaq leaving the Magic in the Eastern Conference. I was like, "Get out of here." Cuz that's when, you know, my Knicks fandom really takes off with Ewing coming and then them building a team Pat Riley. I was like, "Get Magic the fuck out of it. Orlando and out of the Eastern Conference." So then I was like, "Yeah." And Dan Tony, even the Nash, you know, experiment LeBron all the things my carved out Lakers you know hate is literally just Kobe Bryant historically in my life I've always kind of been a pro Lakers guy I just hated Kobe Bryant because I'm just you know as a as a basketball player myself just was the antithesis of what I would ever want to play with Michael Jordan's Uh, you know, mentality on steroids, selfish, doesn't pass, hate it. Like if I show up to a fucking pickup game and some guys doing some Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant impression in warmups, I'm like, I don't care who I play with. I'll take the five accountants. I just don't want to play with that guy. I'd rather lose not playing with that fucking guy, which is always, which is always, you know, another, another thing thing it's like that's why it's uh, and we've talked about it before and we're gonna have to get him on this podcast at some point but it's always it's it's just shocking to me tug coker basketball player college basketball player i guarantee everything i know about tug coker as a podcaster about a man as about a guy who you golf with a foursome in a, a guy you visit at his wine bar Everything about Tug Coker tells me he would not want to play with a sub and then he's like, I just don't like the way LeBron plays. I prefer Jordan. I'm like But I think I think again with Tug it's his personality. I think it's the yeah. And I and I think that some people just aren't you know remember the Nike brainwashing was was
3: strong. No, I know, but I think at the end of the day for Tug it was just he thinks LeBron's more fake. Which I which I think a lot of people, like, like I, I would agree. But I don't really care about that stuff as far as off the court. I, I just think – it's funny when you say this because now you got me thinking. Like, at the end of the day, Kobe is realistically – he's just a knockoff Jordan. Not But not just on the court. Off the court. Yeah. Right? As far as the endorsements and just that whole mentality – that I fell prey to many of you, the whole city of LA.
2: And what's funny is like for all the things that we criticize athletes about, we, we give co like we w- people hoist Kobe up for being a Michael Jordan cover band. And that's what he is.
3: That's literally what he is. I remember distinctly watching the 2010 NBA finals. I was out at what's that spot? I don't even know if it still exists. It's on uh, like Santa Monica Boulevard in like 20th um something Shaq right across from the, the 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 Boston bar. Is it Something Shaq?
2: The, the Shaq?
3: Is that what it's called, The Shaq?
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it's gone in Santa Monica. It was it still hangs on in like Playa
3: Playa del Rey.
2: They make they make good chili there. In fact, they have a chili contest every year.
3: Oh, they do? Yeah. Well, I remember distinctly watching that NBA Finals there. That's when Kobe did his infamous six for 24, one for six from three-point range, game seven. The Lakers are getting killed. They come back. They win on the backs of like Pau Gasol and like a contributing Ron Artest. But my point is I just distinctly remember, and I was I was going hard drinking too, But even as a fan, I just remember watching that game thinking like, wait, Kobe's my guy. He's shooting this poorly in a game seven. Like Jordan would never do that in a game seven. Like you really are a shitty knockoff of Jordan. But yet he wins. And I was part of this, right? Like you forget. You're like you somehow forget. But he
2: wasn't afraid of the moment.
3: Yeah. How bad he played in a game. Dude. And I know I've said this a million times. But can you imagine if in a game seven, LeBron shot six of 24,
2: one of six from three point range? Well, the, the, you know. And I really don't want to, I appreciate the the, yeah. the call about Kareem and I appreciate the call or not the Kareem, the number three call. And I appreciate the yeah. call about your fandom. Uh, you know, this doesn't need to be, uh, people get tired of us, LeBron, LeBron, sure. LeBron, which, but like, and we're, I, I want to talk a little bit more basketball about this, but like forget LeBron in this situation because it's just something that's always covered up with guys like Kobe and with guys like Michael Jordan because people just don't want to talk about their their failures and their faults but yet it's the only thing they focus on and the, and 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 guys like let's keep this separate from LeBron and let's keep this from separate from basketball even you need to take a like we make a living talking sports but the internet is also driven by like all these conversations. Almost knocked over my coffee. Didn't because I'm not Kobe in a game seven. Um, <laughs> but like when you fall, it 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 exposes you as a hater and a fraud fan. When you g- grab these like sports talking points, but you don't give them the con- like everybody says 2011. When it comes to LeBron. Everybody says 2011. No one ever mentions. That why Kobe should not be. It is because his in his 2011. They got butt fucked by that Mavs team. He lost by Swept. 40. Swept. Lost by 40 in game four. To the point where his teammates. Were literally just throwing punches. And elbow. Like he couldn't even control his teammates. They it got wild. absolutely butt fucked out of the playoffs. And also, separate from that, but but joined is like no one gives the 2011 Mavs credit. Like, just there's just nothing. I'm I'm gonna do. I've said it before. I'm saying again. I'm gonna do a documentary on the 2011 Mavs. I was rooting so hard for the Mavs to win the championship. In my opinion, they did everything right. They knew they were gonna have to go, but before the season started. They're like, we're going to, like, the NBA championship runs through that heat team. So we better, we have our scorer. We better get three-point shooters. We better get a rotating cast of wing defenders so that guys can just be endlessly fresh when we put them on LeBron and D-Wade. We should get a absolute fucking monster to drop in the middle in Tyson Chandler. And we should play. Don't come in the middle ball. We're going to throw wingers at wing defenders at you. We're going to shoot a ton of threes. And we're going to have one guy who, when we need a bucket can get it any fucking time. Like give some fucking credit. To what a unbel- short window, but what an incredibly well built fucking team. Yeah. And no one does it. They just go, oh, LeBron 2011. LeBron 2011, what? They didn't get swept and lose by 40. Well, look, that's.
3: I-, I will agree that that is his blemish. Like, that's the blemish on his on his resume. But they were they were a really well, really well put together team that Dallas Mavericks team, and and again it's like that's a blemish for sure. I don't want a debate of oh you know, Jordan doesn't lose if he has Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. That that's like a, that's neither here nor there for me. But that was a really well put together team, and again, like you said. The defending back-to-back Laker championship teams, they just swept. Like, I don't know why that always gets lost in the mix. Like, they just got swept. They lost by 40. I, I Like you said, I distinctly remember being in my kitchen. My TV was turned around, watching that game, doing dishes. And when Bynum, Bynum and uh, Artest had their meltdowns, I just distinctly remember being like, this, Wow. It, well, this dynasty's over. This mini little back to back Laker run is over. The the Mavericks just beat the living
2: hell out of them. And Tyson Chandler, who's great, is one season on the Mavs. He immediately goes to the Knicks. So there's also this thing of. If the Mavs had gone on and won a, a couple more, no one would be talking about it. Like, oh, my God, just that Mavs team, that Mavs team, J.J. Barea, Who's on him for like five minutes. The, the Internet can't decide if he got locked down by Jason Terry or J.J. Barea. But they, one thing the Internet is sure of is it wasn't that he was locked down by J.J. Barea, Jason Terry, Deshaun Stevenson, Sean Marion, all the guy, all the, the the just like the fucking rotating cast of wing defenders they threw at him. But again, Car- like you, Butler,
3: like you said, this is what we do for a living. It's it's
2: we understand it, we watched it, we study it. But my point is, a guy like Tyson Chandler so important to that team, so important to that team. Yeah, and when he's gone, that's it. You don't yeah. go back to the finals again. But do you see what I'm saying,
3: Joe? The point is, this is what you and I do. It's like talking to a lawyer and deeply analyzing the OJ Simpson trial.
2: But it's, you know, this is, I'm going to transition it into today's NBA. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of Chris Paul's personality. And I'm not the biggest fan of Kevin Durant's personality. But there's some part of me that's, like, kind of rooting for the Suns. Like, a little bit of me. And then there's a little bit of me that's, like, fuck the Suns. Yeah. Right? And it's difficult because, like, the part of me that that is kind of rooting for them is, like, what a, what a squad they put together. Like, you got Chris Paul and Booker and KD and Aiton as four of your starting five. Like, from a basketball perspective, it's fun, man. It's fun. And to me, it's like, I like Luka. But, like, I'm not rooting for Kyrie Irving. And, you know, you look around the league, it's like, who do I want to win? You know? Because, like, my team, they're not going to contend for a title. But then, like... we we get presented by this issue is like, and I don't know if I said this before, I was thinking about saying it before, but that 2011 Mavs team, I was rooting so hard for them. And retroactively, I wish they never won because we use it to discredit LeBron James. And it's like, I kind of, I kind of like, I'm even as not a big of his fan of his personality. I kind of like Chris Paul to win a title. And I would like to see that team do well. But at the same time, then people are going, Kevin Durant, blah, blah, blah. This many finals MVPs and this many things and this blah, 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 blah. But then then the other people are going, well, he never won when he wasn't on a super team. And it's like, God, it just gets all so mixed up where it's like, I don't even like my Knicks team right now. And I'm like, God, I'm not really sure who I'd be happy with. To have win otherwise. Now, love Giannis. Love the Bucks. Like, would be super happy if they win. And also, not an insecure LeBron stand where I give a fuck whether or not Giannis starts meeting his career accolades. Like, I'm not here standing LeBron because I love LeBron. I love LeBron because I stand LeBron. Like I love LeBron because he's the GOAT. That's why I love LeBron. Yeah. Not vice versa. I don't think LeBron's the goat because I love him. I love him because he's the goat. It's it's so hard in today's NBA the way players move around. It's like it's tough. I don't even know what I'm fucking rooting for at this point. Just wear an NBA hat. I mean, that's th- this is probably why guys just have Western Conference jackets.
3: Yeah. Just wear an NBA hat. One well, that just says
2: NBA. I'll just I'll get an NBA hat that's like a Rob Lowe hat. I'll get the full conferences leather jacket, and then I'll get an oversized Tasmanian Devil t-shirt to wear under it.
3: <laughs> funny you say that. I had a text exchange with. I'll
2: get Mickey. I'll get a, a Bugs Bunny with a backwards hat in the same leather jacket, looking like a ra- looking like a gangster rapper. <laughs>
3: ct texted me he asked me what he goes like with all your teams what football team are you gonna have your daughter root for and i said i said she's just gonna get she's gonna wear an nfl rob low hat and then ct sent me a link the nfl sells onesies for babies that just say nfl on them i'm like i gotta get that
2: nothing nothing bigger than a I mean, it's so early. Your baby not even home from the hospital yet. But like is sports even something that you would that you're even thinking about with your kid?
3: No. Like my thing is I'm my approach and again this'll change and I've gotten so many DMs right from people about parenting and stuff. My approach is to be like whatever she wants to do. Right? Like find something you like, whether that's sports or ballet or playing an instrument i you know i don't really care just that's always gonna be my approach is like i don't want my kids to ever have to just be brainwashed yeah and i use that term i know it's like oh it's pretty dramatic but i don't i like it, it doesn't mean you're not gonna like we both know that's like you follow a lot of things your parents do or you like it but i wouldn't like force something on like I don't know that that was something I I thought was interesting from coaching, is like I think it's fine to have kids test out different sports at young ages, but in my opinion, by the fourth grade, if your kid doesn't want to play basketball, don't force them to play. Right? Like yeah. like have, say hey, what else do you like? Oh, you like piano? Cool, I'll put you in piano lessons. Or you like to draw? Yeah,
2: you you yeah, absolutely. And I mean for I mean four minutes. If you don't like this, you don't have to like. Yeah. If you sign up, I'm going to make you finish it. But you don't have to do it if you don't like it. And at the same time, it's like you also have to – unless you open your kids' eyes to it, they would never know. Like I think the coolest thing in the world, truly, I think the coolest thing in the world is people who can play the piano. Yeah. I think it's so dope. I'm like – in all my years of going to like live music in New York, there could be like a girl with an eye patch and like a peg leg and I'd always be like, she's so hot. If she was playing the piano. Cause I just think it's so cool. I think it sounds so great. Um, I could, I don't know a thing. Cause my parents were just never like, I never would have even possibly had the opportunity. My parents, not musical, no pianos in the house, no fucking anything. But like, maybe that's why I think it's cool. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know if piano was my passion. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been because I'm sort of musically inept other than listening to it um, because I would never had the opportunity. So it's like with your kid, it's like she's going to be sitting next to you on the couch one day when you're watching football, and she is going to be like, "What do we, do we root for Cincinnati? And you're going to be like, well, here we go. Well, yeah. Daddy's got a long history of who we root for. How much time you got, kiddo? Yeah.
3: No, it's true. I I agree with you. It's it's look, you're, you're going to mold your kids, but I don't know. I, I've always appreciated parents when it comes to sports that like, let's say you're you're living in L. A. and you're like a diehard Lakers fan, and your kid loves Steph Curry, and he roots for the War. Like that would never bother me. Cool. You yeah. you want to you want to root for Steph? You love his sure. game, and you're yeah. ten years old. Yeah. Dude, I,
2: Peyton Manning's like Peyton Manning's taking his kid to games in like Josh Allen jerseys. Yeah. You know, exactly. absolutely. Absolutely. I, my nephew, my brother just sent me a picture of my nephew. He's wearing a Jamar chase, Justin Jefferson doing the gritty sweatshirt. You know what I mean? And I have a million of those by to this day. Uh, I still use 1680 as passcodes to things in a pinch. That's that's Montana to rice. Yeah. Loved it. Best thing ever. Like as a, as a kid who wanted to play receiver, Montana Rice was like everything. And I think personally, I forgot. I saw
3: I was going through some old family stuff and I saw pictures of my room growing up. I forgot that I had the Bo Jackson poster, the Charles Barkley poster on the Suns. You know, like I forgot, like some of those yeah. things where I was like, oh, yeah, I, I the Shaq posters like I, I love really-
2: Barkley. the said I had a Barkley on the Suns jersey. I had the Barkley Dream Team jersey 14. I wore Barkley sneakers.
3: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, just find something that they like
2: to do and push them towards it. So we have some calls today. Let's do it. Let's get to some calls. It's funny because, like, I treat my girlfriend like I feel like you're going to have to treat your daughter. Like, the other day we watched the LeBron breaking the record thing, and she's like, so he's, like, the best ever? And I was like, oh, sit down. I have a PowerPoint for you.
3: (laughs) Now, look, Joe, I— Have I spent a lot of time maybe discussing some things while I'm holding her at the hospital? Like I had three hours of alone time, individual time. The other night I went up there, I wanted to see her. Did I start maybe whispering some things about this in her ear? Maybe. I don't know if people, when there are people, babies, when they're a week old retain that, but yeah, you know, you you gotta start somewhere. So three, one like,
2: were you like, you're just like LeBron. You came out early. We're not going to judge you for coming out early. <laughs> A kid that's 22 and has, you know, four years of Dean Smith holding their hand through nursery school doesn't make them better than you. You're just getting started. three years, three years. That's funny. You're just no, getting started. Well, I have made the same. You're day. still in the NICU. Yeah. That three year olds out there. They they just spent three years sucking on Dean Smith's teeth, getting <laughs> Dean Smith teat milk. <laughs> How could we compare what you're doing on day one in the NICU to what a three-year-old that's been sucking on Dean Smith teeth can do? That would be that would be ludicrous. You just be you, baby. So these are my my dad jokes
3: that I've been using. I don't even know if they're dad jokes. Over and over again. If they ask, um, like, are you the father? I'll always, especially in front of Brittany, I'll be like, Allegedly, oh. we're waiting on the DNA test. Yeah. That's the like I've used that one time and time again. Just going back to the, you know me, I like to go back.
2: We'll see what Maury says.
3: Yeah, I've used that joke a bunch at the hospital, and I've also used I, I've used Dave Chappelle's joke, which the nurses really seem to like. If I'm holding her, and I'll just be like, "Just think, just a few months ago, you were in my balls," <laughs> which was his second special, I believe. I I like to use that one. Dude, who knows? I would love to know what the nurses think of me up there. This guy's a lunatic. Anyway, let's get to some calls. 310-359-8365. We will start off with an idea for baseball. Let me be curious what you say about this. Let's go.
2: Hey, Joe. Hey, Andy. It's uh, Jeff from New Jersey. First
1: off. Congrats, Andy, on becoming a dad. And uh, congrats, Joe, on becoming a cool uncle. Um,
2: Man, I've been a cool uncle for years.
1: Baseball and the salary cap and all of its issues on the last podcast. And I just wanted to throw out what I would think would be a pretty cool solution to teams not wanting to spend a whole lot of money. And I think. It would basically just be taking what they do in English football, soccer. Um, it's another league that doesn't have a salary cap. But if
2: owners don't can want I to Can
3: I pause spend, this for once? Can you pause for one second, Andy? How much weed does
2: this kid smoke? I just want to I, – I appreciate – you know I always rep- appreciate the call, but is this about relegation? Yeah. Okay. You can end the call. <laughs> Thank you. There I is a pre- long call. I appreciate the call. Okay? I appreciate the call. And I have seen so many fucking takes. I'm not this is not angry toward you, the caller. I'm angry because I've seen this so many times. It's such a terribly thought out idea <laughs> that it makes me angry every time I fucking hear it.
3: So the idea is they're going to
2: play minor league teams? Right. But Here's why it's a ter- – so well, I went to Lehigh, which was Division I A football. It's now FCS or whatever. Do you know what one of the barriers to being a Division One I- like, do you know why that even exists? Is because there were teams that would get good enough quality players where they could maybe compete – on a low-conference Division I level. But they can never host Division One football games because they played in 20,000-seat football stadiums. So, for example, UConn made the leap from 1AA to 1A by building a stadium big enough. We can't relegate Major League teams because we can't have 70,000-person minor league stadiums in Miami And we can't have fourteen hundred major league. It's fourteen hundred seat major league stadiums in Nashville. European soccer, where you go see, you know, whoever fucking, you know, the guy. It's always Ryan Reynolds and whatever fucking guys. Their shitty ass fucking soccer team. It still plays in front of 50,000 people or whatever. is not the same as going to the Hudson Valley Renegades where 500 people show up. Now I understand that everything that's wrong with Major League Baseball is the Oakland Coliseum is a football stadium that they put 3,000 people in, and it's a and no one goes to Oakland Games. That being said, The 3,000 people that go see the Oakland Athletics are way more than go to fucking most 99.999% of minor league games. Also, minor league teams are in Major League Baseball farm systems. They're minor leaguers that are on their way to the major leagues. Relegation, when it comes to baseball, is the worst idea I've ever heard. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Sorry, bro. If you wanted to do this for football, if you wanted to make the Jags had to go to the SEC and the team that wins the SEC go to the thing, the talent thing would be the issue, right? Like we all – every every common sense football fan knows that the the Colts this year would buttfuck Alabama. They would just murder them. Beat them by 60. Okay logistically though it works it better work. yeah i agree the the like i get that there's a lot of fucking these things out there guys i can't believe how many takes i've seen on let's relegate the worst team like we're just going to relegate like the the chicago cubs and Wrigley Field's going to become a minor league stadium in the middle of chicago and then the Greensboro Bats in North Carolina are going to become a big league baseball stadium? What are you talking about? <laughs> Have some common sense. Yeah. It's not good. Now, yeah. listen. Hear me out, Andy. If we built a... If there was, the, if there was a now 10-year... If starting today... There was a 10-year process of putting MLBB teams in Montreal, Vegas, Nashville, Portland. And you built major league quality stadiums for them and filled them with, I don't know who, independent leaguers or something like that. Or like major league baseball free agents that don't make it out of spring training. I don't know if, but if we built eight an eighteen league, and then when you are a guy who has let's say th- three years of MLB service, and you go to spring training and they try to assign you to minor leagues, you can opt to be in the B league. Okay, but we're fucking fifteen years away from doing this. I maybe, mean, maybe just have a salary cap and a salary floor.
3: Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do. I'm a bigger fan of easier solutions. That's that's your solution. I'm well, so
2: sorry to the caller. I appreciate it, but guys, relegation is one of the worst sports ideas I've ever heard when it comes to baseball.
3: Yeah. Well, we have another call about baseball. Hey, this is Trice Floyd.
0: Here in Missouri um, I've actually I have a question for Joe so in the last episode you kind of talked about like how we can not expect players in sports to like go 100% because like the whole season because obviously you're gonna go harder like during the playoffs you're gonna go harder in the fourth quarter you're gonna go harder and that type, that type of stuff. Because
2: the season is so long, so I kind of like. My question is like. Let me. know.
3: What, what's up with these callers, <laughs> guys? I love hold on.
2: You. I, I have more. I have higher hopes for this one than I did. I, I, love, I love you love guys. It. We got. We got to get to the point here, fellas. If he if he says relegation, though, I'm walking.
3: <laughs> guys, we're 40 seconds in, we got. It. We try try to keep it under a minute, just for. Uh, I'm learning patience now with a kid, but like, come on, you guys can do better. Trust me
0: fan do you kind of feel the same way like at what point does a fan of baseball I, i love baseball but i and i watch opening day but i'm i'm not really that into the first 30 to 60 maybe even 70 games of the season like when when do you really get into the baseball season like, I hear a lot of people, like, kind of say, like, after the NBA finals, that's whenever you really get into watching baseball. Um, and I just want to know what your kind of thoughts are. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's really all I got. Uh, congr-
3: okay. I think he's, I appreciate it. I think he congratulated me there. Too. So,
2: there's so many layers to this. Um, like, obviously from sports to sport, it differs, but there's so many layers to this modern thing about load management, focus in sports, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't watch hockey. Um, I think every hockey Stan would probably be like, they go hard the whole fucking year. Cause they're the best. Like hockey fans are insane. And you know, I don't want to say listen it's a lot easier to go hard 2 minutes at a time then but like let's just separate that okay I don't want to rile up hockey stands they go fucking hard um I I watch three sports with real passion baseball basketball football and I watch them essentially just on the professional level um so it's three. It's three. I'll, I'll I'll tackle this from the three things. One, uh, football. You got to go hard. If you don't go hard in football, you're going to get hurt. Now there's receivers who take plays off, and there's whatever. But like that's just kind of, I don't know, diva wide receiver shit we've seen forever, right? Like in football, essentially you got you're trying to win every game. Essentially, you're trying to be like every game matters in the NFL. We don't really have a an effort issue. I don't think in the NFL. Would you agree? Correct. The NBA, there's a load management issue, but at the same time, it's a load management like answer. And part of it is simply what Shaq did, you know, and is now what every NBA player is doing, which is. The The season is a grind. There's more back-to-backs suddenly. Um, and, like, I don't have to do something because my dad did it. Like, I don't have to chop down a tree with an axe. I have a chainsaw. I don't have to, you know, walk uphill to school both ways. I have a bird scooter or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like there are some things that you should look to from the past. Like, First of all, I think the NBA season could be shorter. Let's start there. It could be. Okay? Especially since all of you guys only care about points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, etc. You don't really seem to... Like, if there's one thing that the LeBron James passing the scoring title proved, it's like there are some people out there who will still hate on that. So, like, what do we give a shit about totals? Right? But also... I blame the fans for this a little bit is if LeBron James plays 82 games every year and plays in the Olympics and plays nine consecutive finals runs, it's a lot of fucking basketball. And so you want to shit on him, not winning the finals. Cause it's all that matters. It's all that matters. LeBron James can literally accomplish everything in basketball, and if he doesn't win the title, it doesn't matter. We're we're uh, like out and out ring ring counters, but at the same time, you don't want him to be as healthy as he could possibly be when the time comes to get rings. You want him to do what Jordan did: play in the Olympics, play in the finals win all the finals. But you also don't want him to just walk away after three years because he was physically and mentally exhausted, Michael Jordan's words, from going to three straight finals. His own words. So it's like, it's a delicate balance. I think the NBA season could be slightly shorter.
3: here's the thing. The fam, he was asking about like, as far as, or the caller was asking as far as stance. I mean, look baseball's problem is apathy it is it's it and that's a scary problem to have because other sports don't have that really i would argue definitely the the football doesn't right like like if your team sucks if you are the lions all those years we've seen it on the red we've seen people showing up with the bags in their head the browns games the lions games you name like they still care and they get angry Baseball's problem, I would argue, right now, is you have people like me, who once once you turn on them, I just say, "Cool, dude, you're gonna say where are they gonna go?" But I'm this not, is, but right, but just, this is the is,
2: this is the issue with baseball that I've essentially. First of all, baseball season could be shorter. Sure, uh, it could be 144 games. Let's do. It. Who cares? The 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 season stats are out the window. At this point, anyway, right? We're like, oh, Aaron Judge is the real home run leader. Hank Aaron's the real home leader. Barry Bonds is the real home run leader. Blah, 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 blah. Now, I know in basketball, you guys want to say, you know, longevity stats don't count, yet no one talks about home runs per game. Whatever. <laughs> That's a shot at idiots. My point is this in baseball, I think real baseball fans, even ones that are like somewhat apathetic, they watch opening day, they watch the first week of the season, and if 25 games into the year, their team's not in first place, they snooze out. Well, the way to make baseball more competitive is all the things I said last episode on how to fix baseball. Okay? So there's that. Also... Baseball is like professional poker. You don't just, you can't play every hand all in. The part of the beauty of baseball is the grind. It's what makes players great. Being able to achieve every fucking game for 162 games in the heat of the summer. It's not impressive that Tony Gwynn only struck out whatever 80 times in a year it said he only struck out 80 times a year having to fucking face big league pitchers four and a half times a game for a fucking half a year in the goddamn sun it's like that is the point of baseball so baseball has a problem in that people come out so excited for spring and if their team's not good they give up and if their team is good but like to be totally honest with you, that's my favorite part about baseball. That's why I get excited when I think the Mets are going to have a good team. It's like, man, I get to watch 162 games of these guys gelling and competing and injured and not injured. And how, do you, how, do you, how does a team get by when this guy is on the injured list for 15 days or 60 days or whatever? Who steps up? Who doesn't? Like baseball, the beauty of baseball to me is the grind. And I think that, unfortunately, not a lot of fans come along for the ride because, like your team, their franchises just give up before they even started. Yeah. If if baseball had the parity that football had, you'd have fans living and dying with every pitch for the whole year.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's tough to compare. One that has 17 games, one that has 162. They just, again, they have to just get people motivated through, like you said,
2: just make the damn things cheaper. Make it it more fair. But my advice for baseball fans is you can skip watching your favorite team's baseball game when the NBA Finals are on, and you can skip watching it when the – Eastern Western Conference basketball finals round, But if you're a baseball fan or if you want to be a baseball fan, if you want to really know how to watch baseball, it's like start game one and don't quit until your team's 15 games out. Don't yeah. quit till your team's 15 games out. Just don't quit. You don't have to watch every inning, every pitch, but throw it on in the background. If you're not sure what, like, because you will watch baseball differently if you commit to watching it day in and day out. It becomes a different sport. It really does.
3: Give us a ring, 310-359-8365. That is the hotline. Follow us on all social media at TheDirtySports. Joe Prano,
2: live shows. I will be in Ventura, California, just north of LA this weekend. Buena Ventura, as it is Formerly known uh, at Copa comedy club um, Friday and Saturday, Saturday. I'm closing the show, but both Friday and Saturday will be long sets. Come to those March 10th, Montana, Bozeman, Montana, last best comedy. If you guys are thinking about coming to those shows, I would appreciate you buying your tickets. Now we might add shows. So if you're thinking about coming In Montana, please buy your tickets now. Last Best Comedy, Bozeman, Montana, March 10th. I'm going to stick around there and do some snowboarding. That should be super fun. Then I've got San Luis Obispo. Uh, I believe it's the 24th, 25th of March. Um, Keep your eyes on my social media at Joe Prano on all social media except for Twitter where I'm at Fix Your Life. If you're in San Luis Obispo, there's a really fun show. Sneaky Pete's it's a secret show. Uh but keep your eyes on my uh social media for that. And um yeah. Instagram, TikTok, um uh, Twitter. All the things. Dirty Sports on TikTok. I'm gonna put some more stuff up this week, I have a feeling.
3: Cool. All right, guys, that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. And as always, stay dirty.